Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast, a podcast focused on normalizing everyday challenges such as mental health, addiction, grief, divorce, loss, and many more. I hope this episode inspires you to be your best self and to live your dream life one day at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. My name's Madison. Thanks for tuning in to this episode where we're talking about codependency. And this is a topic that I really only learned about over the past probably year or so in therapy. And so we are going to unpack it because I've just been realizing more and more how common codependency is and how many different ways it show up. It different ways that it shows up in your life. And a lot of times we're not even really cognizant of the different ways that it shows up. So before we get into it, have you guys ever tried to explain to your grandma what a podcast is? Because if not, 10 out of 10 would recommend just if you want like a good, like five minutes of entertainment. So my mom and my grandma and my grandpa have been coming over for lunch, probably like once a week. So they come over the other week and I had just finished recording a podcast and my podcast stuff was still out. And so my grandma wants to know what all this stuff is that's out. So my mom tries to explain to her that I have a podcast and it's all podcast stuff. And so then my mom ends up like playing part of the podcast so she can kind of understand it. Honestly, the whole thing was so comical and just there's so many things like that that I I always forget we like take for granted that our grandparents are like what is that how do you do that how did you get that voice on that phone you know just all these funny things that you know come up if we just like embrace the small moments of life so lately I realized that codependency has really impacted my journey with addiction And so uh, the other day, so once a week I go to a ladies AA meeting and honestly, it's my favorite meeting. If you're new here, I struggled with addiction and I'm actively in AA and I haven't been drinking for almost a year and a half. I think March is like a year and a half. So I'm in this ladies AA meeting and it's like an open meeting. And so everybody kind of like passes on like their share. I'm like, I'll go first. I got a good one. And so basically I share that I had this really uncomfortable, just kind of encounter moment in life. And after this encounter happened, literally the first thing I said is I was like, I cannot believe I gave up alcohol and drugs before this moment because The reality is that I had let what somebody else did make me so uncomfortable that I didn't know how to deal with that uncomfortability. So I wanted to drink or do drugs to numb that feeling because I wasn't able to deal with that. And it was like a real, like when I was reflecting on this and sharing about this, it was a real moment of accountability that I realized that for most of my addiction, I allowed other people or extenuating circumstances or things I couldn't control to put me in positions where I thought that it was, you know, acceptable to get blackout drunk on a Tuesday because this thing happened that made me uncomfortable or whatever that looks like. So let's get into what codependency is. Codependency is essentially trying to control other people or situations or thinking that you can't be happy until a certain person does a certain thing or until you have a certain thing in life or until life looks like X, Y, Z, and it's allowing external circumstances to control you. And so... uh, 
probably a year and a half ago, my therapist starts to tell me that she thinks I might struggle with codependency. And because I'm the kind of person that you have to tell me six times before I'll listen, eventually I get this codependency book she recommends. I read it. I go back to therapy. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's me. The whole book, it's me. She's like, okay, so let's unpack that. So basically I have been working through just like this concept of realizing that I always thought that like life would be better when, or I would be happy when, or if people would just do X, Y, Z, or if I just never had to sit in traffic, then I'd be happy. Like, oh, I thought happiness or, you know, all these things were outside of me, but the reality is all these things are actually inside of you. And so that's a little bit about kind of how I learned about codependency. And I learned that I have a real problem with, I used to always try to control other people, control outcomes, or think that other people or situations have to be a certain way for me to be happy, to move on with life, to not be anxious, to not drink, etc. And so... I have been, so I have this little codependency devotional that I read every morning. And lately I've been unpacking this codependent workbook. I'll actually link all the stuff that I'm talking about in the show notes if you want to learn more. But today in my reading, it's called Codependency No More Workbook. And I want to read this paragraph to y'all that I was like, oh, you know, like whenever you read things and you're like, who are you talking to? Why is it so direct? This was the one for me. So it says, I've been incredibly blessed in recovery, and at times I've been painfully cursed. My first 15 years, I lived in poverty. After my son died, I cried every day for the next eight years. I've seen wonderful things happen to people as well as terrible tragedies. There are no guarantees, but chances are that at some point, life is going to hurt like hell. That person or thing you valued most may be what you're going to lose. You may have to live without the one thing you said you couldn't or wouldn't. The blessings are going to be better than you can imagine, but you may also go through pain that's so intense you think it couldn't get any worse. And I've experienced all of this in my life and in my journey with codependency. I used to always think that if you believe it in God, then your life should just be perfect because he's a genie in a bottle. And if you just grace him with your presence, he will make all things amazing for you. And I learned the really hard way that that's not at all what God is. And a lot of, you know, going through the journey of codependency or AA involves giving your life over to the care of God. And one thing that I've learned is the 12 steps can really be applied to anything. And if you guys are not familiar with what the 12 steps are, I'm going to take you through them. And the 12 steps as they're written in what I'm about to read to you guys is specifically for codependence. And so it's talking about these 12 steps are for people who like to control other people or situations or think they can't be happy until so-and-so does X, Y, Z. This is the 12 steps for codependence. The 12 steps of AA are very, very similar. They're just basically replace people with alcohol. So step number one, we admitted we are powerless over others that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask God to remove all of our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them. That's one that I'm actually working on in AA, and that is a freaking hard one, let me tell y'all. 
Step nine, made direct amends to people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. I love this part. Praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other codependents and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And so the steps you can really apply to anything, but this is how you can apply them if you are really struggling with just being codependent. Maybe you didn't even realize what that was, but now you're realizing like, oh yeah, I'm totally the person that I try to control people in situations and I think I can only be happy when. Just go back like 30, 45 seconds and just re-listen to those steps. And if that resonates with you, it's such a good thing to just you know actively work through. And so... The 12 steps are something that I'm actively working in AA and something that now I'm actively working in my journey with codependency. And so I wanted to share that because I think the 12 steps can be applied to anything. Maybe this doesn't resonate with you, but maybe you're powerless over anxiety. You could literally use the 12 steps and just replace codependency with anxiety, with depression, with whatever that thing is that has control over you. So uh, how this has shown up for me a lot of times is with my addiction. So whenever I was drinking, I could come up with an excuse or a reason to drink any day of the week. Somebody pissed me off, drink. Traffic on the way home, drink. My day didn't go as expected, drink. My day was long, drink. I could come up with any excuse to drink or do drugs any day of the week. And that was a lot of the ways that codependency showed up for me is because I wanted life to be perfect and easy. And when it wasn't, I couldn't deal. And since I couldn't deal, I drank to try to deal. And that is something that has been really, really challenging for me. And so now I've had to reprogram my mind through therapy, through going through these codependency books, and also unpacking why and learning to sit with things. So as I'm realizing in this scenario I talked about earlier that, you know, somebody did something that I wasn't even involved in, and that made me so uncomfortable, I wanted to drink or do drugs. Why? And I had to keep just unpacking why. And finally, I get to the point that I realized that I haven't been really in an uncomfortable situation like this particular one since I gave up alcohol and drugs. And normally, if this thing happened, that's what I would use as my coping mechanism. And so since I haven't been through this, you know, particular event, since I gave up alcohol and drugs, now that, you know, I'm going through it without it, I feel like, oh my gosh, what are my resources? How do I do this? And I've had to rely a lot on reprogramming my mind. And you guys know I talk about affirmations all the time. And so instead, while I'm going through, you know, this challenging time, I have to, in my mind, think I can do hard things. I can get through difficult times. I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. And I really have to just rely on affirmations, faith, scripture, all these things that I've learned in recovery to get me through these times where maybe I'm triggered to drink because of things that other people do or situations that I can't control. And that's really hard because like just acknowledging that I allowed other people and external situations to dictate my addiction, like that acknowledgement in itself, I think is huge, but then trying to go beyond that and say, okay, now that I realize that I struggle with that, how do I reprogram my mind? How do I use faith? All these things. And this is something that I just constantly give to God. So if I realize I'm thinking I can only be happy when, or I'll only be happy if I'll immediately give that thing to God, because I don't need to give anything that sort of power over me. And so I'll literally just pray to release that thing to God. A lot of times what I'll do is 
if I'm meditating and something like constantly comes up, I'll just basically visualize myself like boxing up that care or worry and literally giving it to God, my higher power, whatever you resonate with. And it has honestly been such a journey trying to incorporate all these new things into my life, but it has been really positive just to build all these new habits and not have to worry about what is going to happen you know, if something goes wrong, but instead knowing that even if something goes wrong, I can get through it because of my faith and because of this journey that I have with God and with God and with faith, you can get through all things, no matter how hard or challenging they seem to be at the time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on codependency. If you guys have any questions or thoughts or anything like that, I would love if you would DM me and just share those with me. I'm always interested in other people's journey, things they're learning, all that good stuff. You can find me on Instagram at your internet bestie mads. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always, happy healing babes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. I'm your host, Madison. If you want to get tuned into more episodes, you can click the follow button in the top right-hand side of your phone screen. This will actually notify you when new episodes are published. If you loved this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps with the show. And last but not least, if you thought of someone during this episode that you were like, hmm, I really need my mom, my bestie, my sister to hear this episode, please share with a friend. And as always, happy healing, babes.